Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we continue winter is blooming a game of thrones rewatch podcast by us the penny bloom podcast today we're working season five episode six unbowed unbent unbroken written by brian cogman the cogman and directed by jeremy Podeswa. i am colton robertson I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and is it always a pleasure to have you. We got another pretty good one on our hands. Uh, one that gets tough to watch there at the end, but nonetheless, a pretty solid episode of Thrones. How are you yeah. feeling about it on the other side here? Yeah, at least they did save it till the very end. You know, Yeah, it's yeah, a cliffhanger, it sort of. Is the very end, so you don't have to, like, watch a little bit more afterwards. Um, But... Everything other than that, I thought was was really great. Like, I mean, that this um, got some really good performances. Like, I'm a I'm a sucker for the Arya and um, House of Black and White storyline, and this is kind of where it starts to to really take off. And and you girl is not ready to yeah, be. Enough. There was always some mystery behind it, but now you're like, okay, what the fuck is going on there? Mm. Like, like you know, you, is it called the Hall of Faces? Is that what they I'm pretty call sure? It? Yeah, it, it felt right. Um, but yeah, like whenever, um, that storyline just starts taking off, I'm, I'm really interested in, in Arya and, um, and then I don't know, every, everywhere else we checked in was like, I felt like the pacing of the episode was actually just, um, done, done very well. Like just kind of going, going back and forth. Like at first it felt like we weren't going to get in very many locations at all. Like, I don't know. It, it felt like we were just sticking with, we were going back um, and forth between, uh, Bravos and uh was it was it Jorah and Flavors Tyrion? Day? It was Jorah and Tyrion, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah, went back and forth with them for like fifteen minutes out of the fifty minute episode at the beginning. Yeah, um, I don't know why. And then like it just felt like um like we were spending a whole lot of time with them and then like but I it, it was nice just to kinda go and just back and forth between them for a little bit and and then and then we get the you know more sto- more storylines get get thrown in there and and I don't know it's it's we're getting like it's just really cool to see like um a lot of the inter like connecting story like storylines mm-hmm. that are happening like Littlefinger's back in King's Landing you know talking about all all the stuff that's been going on up in the north right. um Jamie and Braun finally arrive in Dorne um so that's pretty cool um to see to see them all the way down there mm-hmm. and um. Sadly, Sansa and, and Ramsay, you know, that, that's yeah, a, a that's sad no at all um, there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought this one was was pretty good. Uh, just, yeah, obviously, um, near the end there, a little tough to watch. 
stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good one, and it's full of great performances, full of great characters. So if you're ready, we can take it location by location, mm-hmm. starting in Bravos. Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, so we begin the episode with Arya continuing her training with the faceless men. You know, she's cleaning a corpse methodically, mm-hmm. which is uh, then taken away by two men, and Arya Arya is. Certainly curious about what is going on on the other side of the door through which the corpus is taken, but she knows her place. She's not going through it or nothing, Um, even though she wants to. You know, she's about to walk through the door when the waif obstructs her path and latches Mm -hmm. the door. And Arya wants to know what happens to the body she scrubs clean, but the waif tells her that she will know when the time is right. Frustrated at the lack of answers, Arya demands to play the game of faces, and the waif tells her that Arya has already tried playing the game, but failed. And she's like, okay, Arya, who are you? And Arya says, no one. And the waif's like, get back to work, you pussy. You're not ready for this shit. You ain't about that life. Uh, and uh, Arya's like, fine. Who the fuck are you? What are you doing? Why are you here? And then if she wasn't playing the game of faces, this would have been the funniest exposition dump of all time, where the wave tells her the story about how she was the only daughter of a widowed lord who remarried, producing another daughter, her stepmother, who was in in order to secure her own daughter's future, tried to poison her. It left her father widowed once more. And the wave found out about this and sought out the help of the faceless men to exact revenge. Um, And the wave... Arya, like, kind of smiles. She's like, oh, dope. We're not so different. I could have a friend here. Um, and then mm-hmm. the waif goes, did you believe me? <laughs> was that a truth or a lie? And Arya, like, oh, no, Arya was, like, about to cry. Like, all, like almost. She was like, oh, my God. Like, holy shit. Like, wow. Macy okay. Williams gets my performance for the episode. Oh, that's good, uh, that's she is nice. so fucking good here, dude. Mm. Uh just this whole this whole interaction with the waif is really it's built on the back of this interaction that she got the performance for me uh because she just dominates with the facial acting here and like uh you know we've seen her get emotional but i feel like she's really honing her her craft as far as like mm-hmm. intensity like whenever she's like yeah. who, the, who are you why are you here you know like uh she's she's really she's getting into it you know uh, you can feel the struggle she's been going through in her voice and stuff and i think that's really that's really impressive but uh yeah when aria doesn't respond embarrassed that she bought the waif story the waif tells her to get back to work hinting to aria that to pass the game of faces aria must be able to lie convincingly and also dis- discern a lie easily but uh later when aria is asleep we get another interaction that furthered mm. My choice for her as this was the performance. Yeah. Uh, Jockin comes to test Arya once more. Wherein, uh, this time when he asks Arya who she is, Arya tells him how she came to join the Faceless Men. Uh, trying to slip a few lies in there. You know, I am I am the youngest daughter of the Lord of Winterfell. He loved me. He cared for me. Um, mm. And... Uh, yeah. You think... You think Jackin just knows Arya so well in her story that he knows whenever she's lying about it? Or do you think, like, he just has that ability to know whenever a lie... Like, they just know. I think, yeah, I think they're just incredible lie detectors. Like, I think that they have the ability to tell when someone is lying, even when they don't do anything to really change the way they're talking. Damn. Um, Because, uh... 
you know, like Daredevil, like uh, hearing their heartbeat. Yeah, like, yeah, some, I don't know I, that type shit, but. No, I don't know. It is really fascinating, and I think it's just part of the mysticism mm-hmm. of them. Is because because I think Arya kind of gains this ability. You know, she does. She does kind of. I I don't know. They never really go into what it is, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's just knowing people guess, really well. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just if you can lie so well yourself, you know, when someone else is like if if you're a master. And mm-hmm. a, like apparently all of them there are. That's what they train in. You know, right? Yeah, uh, like, they're just uh, the best so, liars in the world. Yeah. Damn, yeah, that's. I don't know that. I'm glad Arya's getting the getting some some recognition. Oh, dude, she was awesome, and like the the whole interaction here where uh, she's like, "I was stolen by, I was kidnapped by an outlaw named Poliver," and he smacks her, and she's like, uh, "The Hound," and uh, I hated him. Smacks her. I hated him. Smacks her. What are you doing? I fuck hated him, and uh, and he's like. You're lying to yourself, and you're lying to everyone around you. You did not hate that man, you know. Like, uh, and that's one of those moments that's like oddly heartwarming. You know, you're like, ah, he kind, Uh, she kind of loved the hound. Uh, but uh, then uh, whenever, yeah, Jack wouldn't have known that. No, no, yeah, like, so he just, wow, that is kind of crazy that they're just lie detectors as well as masterful assassins that can kill and anyone and it has something to do with the faces i'll be like reading someone's face um some Ooh. little twitch some little thing because they have to know people's faces mm-hmm. obviously okay. uh you yeah. know like uh because that's their whole yeah. bag but uh <laughs> it's, it's it is really interesting. I love and this the line delivery that Arya like Macy Williams really earned it for me is when she's like, "I'm done playing this game," and she like yells at him. She's like, "Fuck this shit!" Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah. yeah, she she's she's taking it. She's taking it." But uh, yeah. Uh, before he leaves, he tells her that she is not lying to only him, but to herself as well. And later on, we see Arya with a you know scrubbing the floor, sweeping the sweep sweeping around and. A grieving father brings his sickly daughter, Gita, the 10-year-old, to the house of black and white. He explains to Arya that he has been every he- he's been to every healer in Bravos, spent every penny he had. And he tells her that his daughter is suffering and needs to find peace. He just wants it to end. And Arya sits beside the girl. And I, it's funny because you can tell that, like, she's kind of... Like, this is normally a situation where she'd be like, let me go grab my manager. You know what I'm saying? But like, uh, she, yeah. she's going to go ahead and take the reins on this one. Yeah. This is uh, definitely pr- probably pretty above her pay grade, um, right <laughs> now. And like, I don't know. I expected, um, you know, cause Jackin's kind of watching like in the corner over there and I kind of expected him to be like, yo, yo, like, what are you doing? You know, like, like, I guess, I don't know. I know. I, like, uh, I don't know. This was very, I guess just was this a test to see if she's cool? Mm-hmm. With... I think so. Like I think this action she takes is what proves to her, proves to Jockin that he can take her to the Hall of Faces and go. Uh, you're ready to be someone else if you're not ready to be no one. You know, like I think that's. I think this is kind of like a we're going in the right direction. So you're ready for you're ready for a little bit more. Uh, but uh, Arya sits beside the girl, tells her a short semi-false story about how she was sick too but her father brought her here 
And when she drank from the temple's well, she was healed. And that's the part whenever uh, she slips in a truth in the middle of a big lie, whenever she was like, my father who loved me and would have done anything for me, you know, like she, she slides that in there and you're like, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe it's uh to become no one. You just have to be so good at becoming someone else that you're you're everyone, so that yeah, you can step be on no one. It's um, a step on the journey, but uh, yeah, like is Jackin no like is that the is that the lesson that is taught? You know, there that um, if like, you're everyone, you are no one. Yeah, like is that like there you're you're told at first that you have to become no one, so you try to be I don't know. I'm trying I don't to know. That's like, a good. That's if, a good take. Arya's I've never like really considered out. the philosophy of it. Yeah, like Jack is saying, like, well, if you're not ready to become no one, then you're ready to become someone else. Is that like a an outlier thing? Like that Arya is the only one that that's been told that, or is that something that's kind of told to all of them whenever they come through? Um, I imagine. I I kind of take it to be a step on the journey to becoming a faceless man. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, because he doesn't straight up give her a different face. Or anything. Uh, starting starting soon. He sends her out. In her normal. Like her normal look. And she's just selling oysters, clams, and cockles. And she's got to. Mm. She's got to lie to the people about who she is. And she's got to become someone else. You know. It's not. Uh, yeah. Because he says like. He's like. Are you ready to give up your face. And everything. He's like. Mm -hmm. nah. So like. I don't know. I was thinking. Before Jackin goes on like a, a killing mission, does he just have like a bag with like a couple faces in it and like disguises? Or is it like Jackin like in that temple? Like they're in that like thing and they can like access them from anywhere if they're like in that thing. You know, like it's not just for display purposes or like storage. It's more of like like a ritual type thing you know yeah, where it's like i don't know and like in aria that's why she needed to carry around like a literal bag of like or whatever yeah no that's interesting i'm because that was the only that was the only example i recall but i think there's reason to believe from what we've seen that jock and hagar's face as aria knows it is not Jockin's face so i think there's a chance that he just rocks a bunch of faces and kind mm -hmm. of just takes them off as need be um just yeah. takes one off there's another there too. and i think we get a sequence like that before long i can't remember when it is but uh oh he just keeps going he just keeps taking faces off dang um, that's so cool oh my god yeah i don't know it's it's like it's it's these unanswered mysteries that are just awesome mm. to me like in this show that like honestly i i probably wouldn't want to know the answers to like it's better to just be left up in the air um, right and just never know. I still have these conversations about it where you will never know, you know, mm. unless there's some sort of ancillary material where George R.R. R. Martin confirms the physics of the yeah. Hall of Faces and stuff. And uh, uh, George R. R. Martin, he starts releasing textbooks on science and magic in the Game of Thrones universe. He, he starts yeah. his own citadel. Um, and he, yeah, he's going to. I wouldn't put it past him. I think he could. <laughs> I think he might pull the trigger on that before he releases another fucking book in the actual saga. But, uh, no, I think I don't know. I think he won't write another Game of Thrones thing until until that book comes out the day he dies. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm confident. Uh, it's it's not coming out, dude. It is. I'm not. 
if I don't know, I'm I'm getting it out of my head so that if it does come early, I'm like, oh, good, like great, I'm, we're getting it while he's alive, and like we'll, right. we'll get it and everything. But I'm fully preparing for it either to not come out or it to be like all right, posthumously I'm dead released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I can I I can absolutely see that, but uh, nevertheless, uh, Arya feeds the sickly girl the poisoned water from the well, and the water gives the peace of death to her. And Arya, having successfully proven that she can lie, is brought to the Hall of Faces with Jock and Agar. The little march mm-hmm. down there with like a bunch of people who you like never see walking past every once in a while, and you're like. Who the mm. fuck is already down here? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, they just chilling down here. They never come up to the surface. It's just Jock and Waif and Arya in this hoe. You know, like, uh, who are these motherfuckers who just bool in the bowels of the House of Black and White? Well, I guess they are kind of busy. They are cleaning bodies, cutting them up. You know, yeah. like, I mean, it's it's probably a full time factory job there. You That's know, probably at, true. At some points, like. People, they literally just have people coming in, wanting to die. Like, that's a that's an all-day, everyday sort of thing. And, yeah, maybe, like, they just rotate. Like, I don't know, maybe Jockin, like, it's just... If oh, yeah, maybe Jockin's all Jockin these guys. ...of the day, you know, like, you're the boss, or what, I don't know. Like, you just... Yeah, because they if, they're, like if they're truly no one... Yeah. Mm. Any of them can take on the persona of Jock and Hagar, you know, like yeah. that's it's just who wakes up first, puts on the face and is like, ha ha fuckers, I'm the boss today, you know, yeah. or whatever. Pussies. That's like, Get to scrubbing yeah, bodies. Of, and yeah, the house of black up. and white's actually super chill. It's like yeah. they're all just like just intimidate. Like you got to figure out who's who every day. So like, that's why they're so good at line, you know, you just never yeah. know who's who. Um, Early bird just, gets the face. Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah. They're all just but, like uh, one mind at that point. I don't know. That's just, but I don't know. See, they're so cool. Like, I don't know how yeah. people don't like this storyline. The storyline. No, so I love cool it, man. And, uh, even cooler about the house, the, the hall of faces here is that it is like, except for the very, very tippy, tippy top of the screen, it's entirely practical. Um, they built that. They built this place. So like everything except like to a certain height, they didn't. They didn't build up that far, but they created like over 300 molds of faces and put it, put them into different little cubbies in this structure they'd created. Um, That'd be a weird, I don't know. I'd kind of rather this be a CGI, like, right, right. Well, that's the thing is that like, it looks so, yeah. If this was CGI, if it was visual effects, it would look fucking perfect. You know, like it would be seamless. Like they did such a good job here. Um, I swear, I saw uh, what's uh, Michelle Fairley? Is that her name? Um, Catelyn. I swear, I saw her face on one of these. Um, It's like one of the first kind of faces you see. I think, like on a side wall. I was looking for faces I knew. I couldn't see any, though. It, like, I don't know. I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm tripping. But, like... Um, it makes sense that they did that just as, like, little Easter eggs more than, like, uh, yeah. they it have Captain Stark's face, you know? Who's dead, you know, or whatever. I guess if it's a face mold, is this, like, like of real... Are they all real people? Like, in I real I think so, life? yeah, yeah. Like, like in I real life, they all... just went up to people, got a face, like, a mold of their face, and then... Yeah, I think... Weird. I, Probably crew, crew members. Um, yeah. 
hey guys, how would you like to be in the show? Oh, finally, I get to be an extra or like whatever. No, we're just going to take a mold of your face and put it up on a wall. Uh, yeah. So you're dead canonically, um, actually. Um, well, I don't know. I guess better than nothing than not oh, being yeah. in the show at all. You'd be like, yep, that's my face up in uh, <laughs> up the very very top row, third to the right. That's yeah, me. They actually CGI'd mine in. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you're not even one of the real ones. You're just one yeah, of the right. CGI ones at the very, very top. Damn. It's yeah. uh yeah, all the faces had been taken from the corpses that the acolytes wash in the temple. And the faceless man then asked Daria if she is ready to give up who she is to become no one. And after a moment of silent he silence he then states that she is not ready to become no one. Mm-hmm. But that she is ready to become someone else. Yeah. And uh, uh, passed over it, but the uh, this this um, hall of faces reveal was my scene mm-hmm. um, because it it just really started to kick off this this storyline into to what I really like and opens up just the mystery wide open. And um, I don't know, I love Jack Nagar. He's just one of the coolest characters I think in the show. Uh, just most intriguing, most unique characters there there is. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That it, knowing that that they actually built that too is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing that that's that's largely practical. Well, I guess maybe not largely because uh, it, it did go pretty high up. I'm imagining they didn't like. <laughs> I don't, no, I, I don't I wonder, know how like, high they took it, but they yeah, took I it wonder. Yeah, I mean, they built some pretty crazy sets. So like, I wouldn't put. I mean, it like past House of the Dragon, the fucking Heron Hall. Like the opening sequence, they built the throne room, and then like the Jeez. height of it is just not act like the stuff you yeah. see on the ground and right behind the people standing mm-hmm. there is there. They just they built that, but they can't build fifty fucking feet high, you know. Yeah. Man. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for for this storyline. Um, so I had to give it some nod in some way, and this is mm-hmm. uh. I thought I thought it was just the music too. It's always so mysterious and so so like eerie. Um, I love the House of Black and White like themes. Just the 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 soundtrack that plays um, during oh, any of those scenes. Old. So yeah, right. Is that it for? Is that it for? Over in Bravos, you know it to be true. Yes, it is. We're heading to Slavers Bay next, mm. and. Uh, <laughs> We start yeah. here on the western side of Slaver's Bay. Tyrion and Jorah are still making their way to Marine on the uh, far opposite eastern side of the region. So they are, they've got a ways to go. They've got mm-hmm. a trek ahead of them. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're going on foot, too, so that's not nothing easy. And after losing their boat, passing through the smoking sea and the ruins of Old Valyria, this shit is not going to get any easier. And uh, Tyrion's quite annoyed. You know, they didn't find any villages to steal a boat or supplies from, as Jorah had hoped. So they're slowly walking and only have berries and roots to eat. He's like, I cannot live on berries and roots. And Jorah's like, I can, so <laughs> good luck. Jorah and had like kind of a lot of cool lines this episode. I almost I don't went know. with me and Glenn. I almost I, went with me and Glenn for the performance. He does I have a line from him. Um, oh, good. I, I do have a line. Um, I don't know, because I needed, I needed to have... Th- like, these... It's two characters that I wouldn't expect to play well off each other, but like I love this interaction between the. Oh, these it's a two. major uh, world colliding storyline yeah. here with Jorah and Tyrion. You know, like the uh, the goody, like I guess, like yeah, uh, Jorah. You know, his past, he's got some some past 
um, stuff that you don't really like about him. But like he, he's a he's he's an honorable guy. He's a good dude um, now. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, then you have Tyrion, who's just kind of like you know he's good, um, but just kind of the polar opposite of mm. Jorah. Um, and just seeing them go go head to head is is awesome. Um, and I don't know. I think partic- like I almost went with the uh, like the later on a little bit later with the pirates as my scene. Ah, uh, um, yeah, that's for it. But but I, I got a line in there. So oh, um, so do I. I got a line from that scene as well. But. Uh... Mm. I love the whenever he's like, "Why were you in Volantis?" And Tyrion's like, Dude. "Did you just think to ask? Me, did you? Did it never occur to you to ask me why I was in a whorehouse halfway across the world yet?" And uh, Tyrion, yeah, he's surprised he didn't ask earlier, and he explains that he actually fled from Westeros because he killed his dad. Um, mm. He says he did it because his father tried to have him executed for a crime he didn't commit, and then he found his father having sex with the woman he loved. So. And Jorah's like, yeah, yep. Yeah, Jorah was like, damn. And then just kind of like walk, like he was like, oh, shit, dude. Okay, you know what? All right. Like, yeah. No, no, that like, was- yeah, you uh, you earned that, Rough. you know. Uh, you, you got there. Uh, and I can't blame you one bit. But Tyrion then says that despite how miserable Jorah is now, at least he can say that he had a good father. And Jorah asks how he could have known his father. And Tyrion explains that he visited the Wall once and met him. Uh, he was a great leader who was genu- who seemed to genuinely care about all of his men. A rare thing in the world. And he says, how does the Night Watch, Night's Watch put it? Uh, we shall not see his like again. And Jorah oh, just kind of like, like, this was the moment where I almost went with Ian Glenn, obviously. Yeah. Like, was. He was like, wait, wait, like, what do you mean by that? Like, hold on. And Tyrion be like, oh, fuck. I'm in the sorry, past tense, man. Like, yeah, what's, what's going on? And yeah, that... Like, he's like, I only know what I heard. Um, he was on an expedition beyond the wall. There was a mutiny, and he was murdered by his own men. So it was pretty fucking terrible, Jorah. Actually, um, yeah. Like, oh man. Like, I don't know. Make up something else. Like, I mean, like, if he included the details that like these were some fucked up castle black members that like wanted to be just like crap i don't know like he just kind of threw it in there as like yeah your dad lord commander his own people hated him and fucking killed him dude i don't Um, think he knows all that you know i guess that's true yeah but what a way to put like i guess yeah he just broke the news like he's got it i don't know i guess no other way to really put it that's just what he knows um but man yeah that was that was rough to see Jorah kind of take that in and like yeah. realize that. And he's just really like, all good. right. Like, Ian Glenn did fantastic. Yeah. I think I think it's always really fascinating to see the actors in the show work with someone new. You know, like they always mm. kind of have your group in this show that you work with, yeah. and you have scenes with them, and you don't really have a lot of scenes with anyone else um, because you're everyone's so secluded in their own parts of the the world as they've set it up. And so it kind of feels like whenever they get a chance to act off someone else, they kind of up up their game a little bit because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they've kind of, they don't, I, I don't want to say that they fall into like it being easy or anything, but you get comfortable, you get comfortable with the person yeah. you're acting opposite and you just kind of, it, it becomes more natural. And this one, I feel like he had to kind of heighten his game to act opposite Peter mm-hmm. Dinklage, especially since at this point, Peter Dinklage is pretty well renowned as like the best actor on this show 
So like uh, coming into the season, being like, oh, I'm going to act off him for a lot of my scenes. I got to I got to really step it up. And I think Ian Glenn is doing a good job. Uh, At least I'm coming from how I would approach anything as as anyone working Mm -hmm. on something like it's just, you know, you're working with someone who's really good at something. Mm-hmm. You try to up your game to be really good at it as well. Uh, yeah, and that would be nerve wracking to to because like he's alone with him. You know, I guess they, they yeah, do have no, the pirates that show up, but like as far as like character wise, like that's that's it. You're like here, he's up there with him by like by himself. That's one on one. Yeah, that's that'd be intimidating. Um, but he did did a great job. Like yeah, yeah. He, in Glenn, I don't know this. This was a, a very strongly performed episode. Like, oh, like, for sure. I think now I'm talking through it, but yeah, I'm sad to see. Jory was just like, "All right, well, got to keep moving." You know, yeah. like he he's like, "Well, all right." Didn't expect to hear that today. Or like, "Oh, yeah, man, oh, that's a that. that's a day ruiner right there." Let's yeah. go ahead and keep moving. Uh, man, dude, and like Tyrion was like, "Yeah, I killed my dad. Uh, he was fucking the girl I loved. Also, your dad's dead, killed by his own people that he loved." Um, all right, we're both, let, let's just fucking go. Let's just go, fuck. God damn it, man. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, as they walk, Tyrion asks why Jorah would support Daenerys Targaryen and how she would be better than any other rulers, or why Westeros would even support her, given mm-hmm. that her father was the Mad King. And, you know, she's never stepped foot in Westeros in her adult life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for her to rule Westeros. Um, the Targaryens have a notorious reputation for being insane, um, and yep. Jorah explains that he never used to believe in things like destiny and was also a cynic like Tyrion was or is, but after seeing Daenerys emerge from the flames unharmed with three baby dragons, he believes in her now. And after hearing the songs of baby dragons, it is hard to be a cynic ever again. I mean, Tyrion's like, I don't know, man, that doesn't mean she's going to be a good queen, but true. I, I think they both have very solid points here. Oh, like yeah. if if you saw what Jorah saw, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, you follow her to the end of the fucking like, world, man." Holy shit! You know, if if he didn't have this like sexual attraction towards her and like want to just be with you know whatever, right. like I think just regardless, like you you see that happen. Dragons are thought to be gone. You know, they're they're just stories by now, um, and. It let, like, if she just walked into the fire, like, if dragons weren't even born there, and she just, like, walked oh, yeah. out of Caldrogo's, like, yeah, little thing, she, they, people be like, what the fuck? Like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on there? This is so, crazy. Yeah, but, I don't know, Tyrion, like, I, lo- I love how, um, I don't know, he was kind of like, um, not really a fourth wall break, but kind of like, let's just run through it. If Daenerys, she, she, you know, sails to Westeros, she takes over King's Landing, she, you know, gets everything she wants, she sits on the Iron Throne, or, or like, he's even, like, we, we go to Daenerys, she kills me, you're reinstated as, as whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you become her hand, blah, 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 and, like, he just kind of, like, just runs down the road, um, as, like, I feel like, I don't know, at this point in the show, like, you're thinking of, like, who's, like, who can get the throne, you know? Like, yeah, you're just right. thinking, like, you know, who who could get it? And, like, Tyrion's just kind of breaking it down, like, you know, say if Daenerys goes, and you're like, all right, well, maybe Stannis, no, maybe, maybe, you know, even, even Littlefinger, I feel like this episode has, like, a shot at the throne. Like, I don't know, this is, like, the first time where I'm like, man, Littlefinger, if the things could have gone well, he might have actually had, like, a shot 
mm-hmm. at the throne himself. Um, and I don't know, I just, I love the, uh, he positions himself in an insanely good and an yeah. insanely good place. It's just that it eventually catches up to him because everyone yeah. sees him for the piece of shit he yeah. is. Yeah. I guess when Daenerys comes over, there's really no beating her though, is the thing is. Like, yeah. No, like at this point, your only concern it's it's crazy that no one stands a fucking shot against Daenerys in your mind. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's like, oh, who could be the king until Daenerys gets here? You yeah. know, like Daenerys will be the ruler. And it's kind of funny to hear Tyrion ask these sorts of questions where he's like, and then what? It's like, what do you mean? And then what? That's the show. That's all we want. Like, yeah, you know, like, is, uh, that's true. Yeah, I guess like who wants to see the rule? No, no, we just want to see does. the fight to get there. Yeah, you're, that's that's true. Yeah, it is just like if we just got this season, Daenerys was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna sail across. Let's do it. I can do it. I'm just gonna take it over." She goes, she wins because she has three dragons. We'd be like, "Oh, oh, okay. no!" And that like, and that would suck. That's the other yeah. thing is that like narratively, yeah. it, there's a balance there where you have to put it off for a certain amount of time. You have to give it this big anticipatory sort of build up and then you gotta execute on it. Thing too. She could win right now, probably. Like oh, yeah. probably she could win right now. As time goes on, her dragons are just getting bigger. Oh, and yeah. like so it's like it's just the and her army is getting bigger as well. So it's like it's she she only gets more and more likely. To... Her, her army grows like by more than twice its size right now by the end of season six. She gets the Dothraki back. Yeah, she, all she the Dothraki, the Dothraki not, across the sea. Not just like a Dothraki oh horde. Is all of them? Is the it? entirety oh. of the Dothraki follow oh her? God. Oh my god! She wiped out the Dothraki by sending them to the front lines to the to the the fucking Night King. She. Dang, I didn't think about that. She committed mass genocide to the Dothraki people. Literally brought them out of their homes completely to a different continent and then just added them to the army of the dead. That's insane. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's there's a lot of them there whenever she is up above King's Landing when she's ruling. Oh, that's true. I guess all of them didn't die. No, but a lot of them did. A lot, a yeah. lot, a lot of motherfuckers did. Um, that's true. Yeah. And it wasn't but, like, uh, it wasn't her goal to have them. No, yeah. No. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, I'm not, I'm not out here. Um, you gotta do what you gotta do when you're fighting the army of the dead. You know, you true. gotta, you know, you gotta send somebody out there and who better to try and fight on the front lines against the army of the dead than the Dothraki. Like logic, I mean, the craziest motherfuckers out there. They're who you first yeah. sent because I mean, they that's... don't wait back and let the fight come to them. They go and fucking fight, you know, like that's, uh, and they'll scream and, and just war cry more battle as they're doing it. Yeah. Oh my God. I'd be, I'd be done. I would just be like, all right, I'm, I'm accepting my death. If I saw that army coming towards me, I'm like, all right. Yep. You know what? Maybe take someone else's dead body, slide it over the top of me and just be like, maybe no one will seed me. Um, yeah, yeah my time has come. Yeah. It's uh, been, been good. No nah, man, this is uh this is another wonderful scene though, as uh spotting a slaver ship in the distance. Jorah pulls Tyrion to the ground, and mm. unfortunately they'd already been spotted. 
and the slavers emerge from the trees behind them and take them captive. The the lead slaver, Malco, it appears, intends to return them back to their destination in Volantis. And uh, Tyrion, however, manages to successfully persuade him that uh, Jorah is one of the most skilled fighters in Westeros, and he, you know, they're like, we'll get the dwarf's cock, you can kill him. Um, dwarf's co- cocks are said to be magic. And he's like, how are you going to convince him it's a dwarf's cock? You know, like, I, he's got to see the dwarf, you know? like it just, And he's like, it'll be a dwarf's side's cock. He goes, guess again. Guess again. Almost yeah. the line. Almost, almost the line of the episode. That was, that was. My crazy. line was actually like almost immediately after when Malco's standing in the back and he's like wiping down his blade and he's like, the dwarf lives until we find a cock merchant. That's my line. I fucking love it. I don't know how you deliver that line with a straight face. Uh, wow. Until we find a cock merchant. Is it really? Is that a profession? Is that, is times? that a, a singular? Is there a merchant that only deals in selling penises and a dwarf's cock is like a, like a rabbit's foot, you know, it's like a, like a good luxury. Wow. Um, Essos has got it going on over there. Um, I don't feel like that's a Westeros. I don't, I don't feel like that's going on. No, I feel like this is, this is Essosian, if you will. Uh, but I, I don't know, this, this almost got the scene because I loved how like Tyrion, you know, he's. He's like a salesman. Like, I don't know. He, mm-hmm. he knows how to, to sell himself and, and everything. He doesn't even use the Lannister name because he knows he can't or else. That's you know, mean like, shit. Yeah. Puts him in, and probably puts him in more danger, if anything, of like, you know, okay, now we're, we're going to sell you or, you know, they, they want him even more. Um, he but does like, try and he's trying to, to sell Jorah. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he's doing a pretty good job. Um, but they're like, ah, you know, kind of whatever. Like, um, I forgot. Yeah, they he was in a jousting. a, you know, a bunch of You're battles. Yeah, jousting. yeah, and that's that's where my line comes from. Is this guy's like okay, whatever. This dude's a a castle fighter. Like he doesn't know how to really fight. And George just goes, "I killed a Dothraki blood rider in single combat." And the dude just I looks at him. He's like, he's like, liar. Like I think he walks up and he's like, "You fucking lie. Like you're lying. Like no yeah. way." He's like, "No dude, shot." He's like, "His like, name yeah, was Kuotho." No. Uh, he served he under was, Cal Drogo. Yeah, he just he drops every bar and he goes, "Holy shit!" He's like, "You really are that dude?" Like, okay. Says, Jorah goes, "Put a sword in my hand and take me to the fighting pits. I will show you my worth." And uh, a layer that I didn't really think about before is, I wonder if Jorah would be okay with this, like going to the fighting pits, whatever. Before, but now he knows, like having grayscale, that his time is like kind of kind of coming up like maybe like this is his like last hurrah like mm-hmm. sort of thing like like this is how his name or he can go out like i don't know like it's kind of like he'd be okay with this sort of thing and i guess he is getting you know he is in a shitty situation he has to take take what he has you know here he can't really he's not really calling the shots right now um mm-hmm. but i i feel like this is it's it's a step closer to daenerys and like daenerys opened the fighting pits so like in the Volantis is closer to Marine, so like you know, it's. I think they're they're not okay with being captured and taken there. They'd much rather just be on their own doing their thing. But I feel like um, like Jorah actually kind of like he kind of would fuck with this. Like he'd be like, yeah, I, I'm gonna die anyways. This is kind of a a sick way to go. Um, if I, I am think gonna it's go. also I also think it's Jorah going like, hey, bro, if 
y'all are doing shit like if there are more people doing what you are doing and taking folks to the fighting pits, um, I'm going to beat all of them. That's true. Yeah. Who, you know, yeah, like, I guess, oh, true. If he can beat a Dothra, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, who are they if, if y'all are just going around finding people and sending them to the, sending them to the <laughs> fighting pits, he's just that confident. I can yeah. beat anybody you put there. Uh, I think is kind of the, I think he's confident, but you're also right. Like, there is that, like, I don't have much time left anyway. Mm. If this is the quickest route back, this is the route I'm going to take. There's another layer here that's also really interesting where it shows that Daenerys' plan is already not working. Yeah. That's you know, true. free men are not fighting in the fighting pits. It is still people being kidnapped and sent to the fighting pits. Um, mm. Dang. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's... Man. I don't know. My parents just... uh got back from a cruise, they they saw the Colosseum, and like, I don't know, it's just a, you know, I guess I, I'm a dude, so I think about the Roman Empire every day anyways, <laughs> um, but more more recently, and that's like, I was just watching this show, and like, um, talking about fighting pits, and like, you know, it, it's it's crazy to watch the show and be like, yeah, they're fighting pits, and like, George's gonna go there, and, and, that, and, and whatever, it's a fantasy world, but like, that, it's a, that was yeah. a real fucking yeah. thing, people gathered. It, it, like in the biggest stadium in the world at the time to just watch people kill each other. No nah, man, is like when when you're watching the show, the stuff that's not dragons and magic and faceless men. Yeah, that happened. There's a lot of the shit that yeah. happened in the show. It, it happened in real life. Like uh, if you go back far enough, one of your ancestors probably held a sword and fought on a battle. Like, on a battlefield, like, with a sword. Like, if you go back far enough, probably. Like, unless you come from, like, a long line of farmers that just didn't involve in anything. I don't know. But, I, yeah, I feel like if you go back far enough, there's someone in your lineage that has killed another human being with a sword, you know? And, like, and survived a, a battle with a sword. That's pretty fucking sick. It's pretty gnarly. Uh, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And 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 now I'm here in 2020. You know, I, I feel like I need to I need to like honor my ancestry somehow. I don't know how I can do that anymore. There's no no sword battles that I I, I can find um, anywhere mm-hmm. in the world today. But I don't know. You could probably you know LARP. We could LARP. That's that true. Could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's the closest thing we got nowadays. Great ancestors, this is for you. <laughs> you're, just, you're using foam swords. Just ding, 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 ding. Man, you know that's uh, it's one like goddamn to to know you're about to go in a battle where you could get stabbed through like with just I don't know. That's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Like I would much rather just get shot like with a gun. I don't know. I feel like that just be. I don't know. Quicker Knive, knives and swords. I no, Mm-mm. no. I don't. I mean, I don't want to get. I don't want to get shot either. But I mean, like uh, stabbed. I got a. I got a real tough time with knives, man. Like that's. Yeah. Uh, I got some mm-mm. scar tissue, and and every now and then it feels like I'm getting stabbed, and it, yep. and and they just say that's like a like not even close to what it really feels like. No, so yeah. like if that it's like a like a two out of ten. Oh my god. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'd rather, I'd rather just not know ever. 
that feels like. Yeah, no, fuck no. I'm good. I'm good off all that. But uh, let's go talk about some more stabbing. Uh, we're in the water gardens now, uh, mm. where Braun and Jamie approach approach said water gardens wearing Martell disguises from the soldiers they killed. And Braun wonders what Jamie will do once they get inside and find Marcella, to which Jamie replies that he likes to improvise. And Braun's like, well, that explains the golden hand. Uh I also cannot wait for next episode because Braun sings the rest of the Dornishman's wife, the the end of the song the that he was talking about, and it actually yeah. goes fucking nuts. And I kind of forgot how it went nuts because huh. I remember the first time I watched this, the next day after I watched this show, or watched the next episode, I walked around school singing it the entire day. Really? Uh, I walked around oh, school singing oh, the Dornishman's Wife because it just, it's, I mean, also Jerome Flynn can kind of like sing a little bit, which makes it mm-hmm. nice, but uh, just goes nuts. Yeah, they, I can't wait for that. That's a highlight yeah. in next episode. The Dornishman's uh, Wife song gets completed. Uh, I don't remember that. I'll be, I'll be ready for it. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought it was just funny. Like when they're riding up on their horses and like, oh yeah, I guess they didn't have radio back then. They just, they just had to do, you know, they had to entertain themselves on some long ass horse rides somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, sing some songs. <laughs> Tell some tales. But uh, all the while, Alaria Sand and the Sand Snakes are already inside the gardens. And Alaria sends them to abduct Marcella, telling them to do it for Oberyn. Unbowed, unbent, unbroken. The words of House Martell. And uh, Marcella herself is out enjoying another stroll with her betrothed. Tristane and Tristane's father, Prince Doran, and his bodyguard, Areo Hota, watch from above. Prince Doran was almost, almost a character for this one. Just, uh, he looks, mm. he's, he just seems like a sweet guy. I love the Martells, you know? Doran mm. being like, they look lovely together. They're a lovely couple. They don't realize how dangerous it is, a Lannister and a Martell. We must protect them. And he's like, uh, you haven't had to use your long axe in a while. Do you remember how to use it? He's like, oh, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, I yes, do. Yes, I do. Yeah, they, they, I feel like they, they threw in a line here to kind of like uh, slot him in on the power rankings in the Game of Thrones universe. Um, mm. Whenever he, he comes up with Jamie, you know, he's like, it would have been a good fight, you know, before. Um, yeah. If you had both of your hands. So he, this dude's he's up there, I guess, you know. Um, There's know, also a... Uh... Oh, I'm trying to remember what his like title is for the. Uh... Oh, hmm. I can't remember. Regardless, there's a line later on in the show that I believe Dario says, where he's learned how to fight in the style of this person and this faction, this faction, this faction. Hmm. Like talking about Dothraki. Mm-hmm. Uh, unsullied, and then whatever this guy is, he drops that in too. So, and I can't remember what that name is, but like, uh, uh. so like they're they're considered some of the greatest fighters in the world. I can't remember exactly what the what the term is for it. And I I looked through his little fandom thing, and I couldn't find it there either, which mm. kind of blows. But uh, yeah, regardless, uh, leads to a pretty pretty kick ass kick ass interaction here. Um, mm-hmm. Norvoshi, Norvoshi. That's what it is. Yeah, I saw that. 
Yeah, it's his yeah, culture. It's, yeah. Um, I don't know. That was the only thing I, I saw that could have maybe been it. But yeah, this, I don't know, that weapon, that, I don't know. Like, Pretty that's dumb. like a, it's like a spear and an axe, like kind mm-hmm. of at the, at the same time, like, like the Viper, like was, was crazy with that. You know, like that, that was pretty deadly, but this thing just feels, I don't know. Like, I don't, do we see I him? Fuck with it. Like, like in a, like, does he ever actually like fight, fight somebody? No, nah, I'm pretty sure he gets snuck up on and stabbed. Damn. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Um, hmm. But, but yeah, the way he wields that thing and puts it to like Jamie's throat, gnarly. Uh, hmm. But yeah, Jamie and Braun infiltrate the water garden and soon come upon Marcella kissing kissing Tristane. And Jamie's like, uh, <clears throat> Marcella. And Marcella like turns and is like, Uncle Jamie. Like they're so oblivious to everything happening, Marcella and mm-hmm. Tristane. You know, they're like, we're in love. We're going to be married. Let's do this thing. Uh, the timing on all of this is insane. Oh, it's wonderful. For, for, the, for them to be like, yeah, we're going to get married tomorrow. And then for the the sun sun snakes sun snakes um, sand snakes sand snakes I knew that sounded wrong sun spear is uh, yes, I think yes, the yes. the location, um but yeah the sand snakes also going out and wanting is this it was just their goal to capture Marcella um, I believe so I think they were they intended to kill her maybe too, just but... straight up right then and there just uh, no I think they were gonna take her but I don't yeah. know. I don't know how long she would have lived after that taking. Okay. Yeah. And then Jamie and Braun arriving in Dorne perfectly. Oh, yeah. This time. Like when he, Jamie reaches out and grabs Marcella's hand and then the whip wraps around his arm. Uh, that was gnarly. Yeah. Loved that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Tristane Man. is ready to draw his sword, his sword and Braun quickly knocks him the fuck out. Um, <laughs> don't do anything stupid. Yeah, he's like... That was Don't something stupid. stupid. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude just decked him, too. Braun just, man, this that poor kid. Um, yeah, Braun's like, you do not know who you're fucking with, man. Do not <laughs> do anything. Uh, uh, does yeah. something. Kind of Fu- had like a noodle around and like found out. too. I don't know. Was, did he have just like, was this, I, I remember like, it kind of like just being like a, like just like. Was it an actual sword? Felt like a kind of like needle, like Arya's sword. I'm like I don't in know. my head if I'm remembering it right, but um, yeah, maybe not. Uh no, yeah, it's got. Well, kinda. No, yeah, it 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 is pretty much just kind of like a little, a little bit bigger than needle, but not quite. Mm. Um, Interesting. Hmm. But uh, Obara orders Nim to break away from Braun and take Marcella prisoner. But as Nim tries to pull her away, they are cut off by Areo and Prince Duran's guards, who surround them and force them all to drop their weapons. Jamie, Braun, Alaria, and the Stand Snakes are all taken into custody. And thus, that concludes the story there. And we only have a couple locations left. We're going to head to King's Landing and then Winterfell thereafter. But in the meantime, it is almost time for my favorite scene in King's mm. Landing. Uh... We'll start here, though. Peter Baelish arrives in King's Landing and is on his way to meet Cersei when he is confronted by Brother Lancel and some of the Sparrows. And Lancel warns Baelish that they have purged King's Landing of its corrupt ways 
and the new King's Landing will not tolerate his prostitution business. And Baelish is like, all right, buddy. Jesus. Okay. I go, I'm, I'm out, I'm out of it for a little and everybody gets delusions of grandeur. You know, he, he went full Han Solo over here. Uh, but, I forgot uh, what he said, something about like, um, we both have something, but mine are just more entertaining. Um, yeah, yeah. With that line, I don't know, something like that, like, uh, we both have our, I don't know, I forgot what he said. I can't um, remember either, but regardless, we then get to my favorite scene, where Cersei is meeting with Peter, and, uh, uh continues to deny her involvement in Loras Tyrell's arrest by the Faith Militant. And Peter is not fooled and warns that House Tyrell will not tolerate this insult. And Cersei claims that she is insulted, you know, mm. uh, since Sir Loras, who was promised to her, prefers the company of men. And uh, Peter drops a little line that's like, oh, yeah, strange thing. The people that one chooses to be with, huh? <laughs> and Cersei's like, yeah. Like I love, I love Lena Headey and Aiden Gillen going head to head here. That's why I picked it because I wanted to go with both of them for performance, and was like, mm. I'll just pick this for my scene because just uh, oh, them were... going toe to toe here with him being like, oh, yeah, strange, strange thing, the people we choose to be with, huh? How about <laughs> it? How about it, Cersei? What's up with it? Uh, uh no, this I get, I gave Cersei the character, um, mm. for this this episode because she's she's really feeling like a queen, like she's stepping into her queen shit now. Like she's, she's making moves and like, I love how she's always like, Oh, well, well I'll go, I'll go talk to the King. Yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll go talk, talk to him to and then I'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll run it by him. Um, she's still like, pl- like she's playing her game so perfectly. Um, yep, right now. And like, yeah, around. her spinning the arrest of Loris as like, no, I'm, I am the insulted party here. Yeah. You know, like, how how could you think it's insulting to them? No, that I'm the one who's who's actually wronged here, and and this is a great thing. And then like, I don't know, I don't know if this was was all planned, you know, from the very start, how like it turned into like the trial and everything, um, or if Cersei just so happened to be like, well, shit, this is going pretty fucking well. Like, I mean, I couldn't have really asked for this to go any more her way, but like, she's right. she's playing her chess game now like she's uh she's pulling her strings and and yeah cersei i don't know she's coming into her own so that's why i went with her for the character this episode no i love that i love that mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then you know after that cersei has to clap back you know him being like oh strange thing who we want to be mm-hmm. with huh and she's like yeah speaking of lysa aaron um yeah who seemed oh. like such a lovely, lovely, you know, uh, wasn't she great? And Peter's like, yeah, she was great. And she's like, we both know that's not fucking true. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, like, sorry. Uh, we must still be in mourning. My bad, yeah. you know, or yeah. what? Like, yeah, they just both know each other so well. And they're just they're like, like throwing. She heard that news and she was like, well, Littlefinger killed her ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they and, they uh, both just know each other too well at this point. It's yeah, yeah they're, exactly. they're just they're throwing like, throwing shade fucker. back and forth. Yeah, this this is an awesome scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go with it, man. And uh she's like, Yeah, but since you know, little little Lord of the Vale Robin up there now has a new daddy to listen to, I just wanna make sure you know, like are they gonna fight for the throne when the time comes? And he's like, Hey, you know, Robin heeds my advice and I always counsel loyalty to the throne. 
And she's like, good. And then Baelish then reveals that Sansa is back in Winterfell, where Roose Bolton has arranged her to marry Ramsay. And Cersei is infuriated by the Bolton's betrayal to add fuel to the fire. Peter adds that marrying the last remaining Stark gives the Boltons a stronger hold over the North than an alliance with a hated Southern house. Mm. And Baelish counsels patience and suggests letting the Boltons and the Stannis fight each other. And when the victor is still recovering from the battle, step in and defeat him. And he suggests that Cersei's uncle, Kevin Lannister, muster a force or have Jamie Lannister lead an army to the North. And Cersei's like, ah, Kevin couldn't do some shit like that. And Jamie's on a sensitive diplomatic mission. Peter proposes then that the soldiers of the Vale could fight instead, but Cersei is unsure of Baelish's ability to lead an army. He's like, I'm not sure you're a military commander, motherfucker. And Peter's like, ah, you know, I live to serve. Come on now. You're not risking anything on your end. You're not risking any of your gold, none of your soldiers. Yeah, we'll go out there. We'll go out there. We'll do some fighting. And she's like, good, okay, sure. Um, He's like, but... I'm going to need to be named Warden of the North if things go right. And, like, Lena had, like, Cersei, like, perked up there. She was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this... this I love the little eyebrow raise she does. Yeah, like, like, okay. Like, oh, you're... You're playing your game, too. I see... Like, I see your little finger, but then, like, I I think at the same time, she's like, ooh, like, I can... Like, this is a good alliance, like, this is a, a great alliance to be in mm-hmm. in the early stages of, you know, I think. Like, well, she, and it's she even likes funnier considering Elena comes in later and gives her shit about how Tywin was willing to work with enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's seemingly not, or work with rivals for the, for the better, for the betterment. And Cersei is working with rivals for the betterment. She's just so petty against House Tyrell that she'll do anything to take them out anyway. Um, well, has no rivals according to yeah. Cersei. Bar, um, they're just they're the Bar. top. Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of like only in the, like in this unit. Like, it's not a hard line to say outside of the show. You oh know? yeah, like at all. You can't say in your normal life, like, yeah, I killed a D- Dothraki blood rider in single combat, and people are gonna be like, oh, okay, you're fucking tough as shit. I mean, like maybe people actually be like, okay, well, holy fuck, I'm not messing with like. This dude killed someone. Nobody you know, they can don't... come in my house, and I'm not going to be like, I'm Colton Robertson of Blue Springs. I'm in my home. You I am, can't yeah. hear me. I am Joseph of House George. Yeah. And, and, or Lord George. Or, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm, yeah, I fuck it. I don't, I don't yeah, it just doesn't make know, sense. Um, but there are a lot of bars dropped this episode. There are. Um, there are. That could only be said in this universe. Um, yeah. I love that. But yeah, interesting that he he does say lives to serve here. Like, kind of like, um, I don't know, like, all men must, like, what is it? Velardo Hyrus, all men must serve. The translation, yeah, all men must serve. And I don't know, it it is, there wasn't, like, a real, like, thread line with Arya's storyline or anything like that, like, with, over in, in Brav, or, yeah, in Bravos. No, yeah, Bravos. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just an interesting word choice. Um, oh, for sure. There, I just didn't know if there was like some connection, um, to anything else or anything like that, or if he's just just playing his game and just talking. I think he's you know, just, just playing his game, you know. Yeah. And I think that those are Peter saying the right thing at the right time. You know, he does not 
live mm-hmm. to serve anyone but himself. Um, but nevertheless, uh, Elena returns to King's Landing after learning of her grandson's arrest and uh, big difference in her wardrobe compared to earlier earlier seasons where mm-hmm. she used to appear much more reserved. Uh, but now that like Marjorie's on the throne and she feels pretty secure and everything, like she's she's rocking the gold. She's doing she's doing shit fine. She's elevated. She's feeling she's feeling herself. You know, she wants to put off that she can't be touched. And uh, after learning of her grandson's arrest, Elena tries to talk Cersei into releasing Loras. And Cersei's like, "Hey, again, I did arrest Loras. I had nothing to do with it." And Elena's like, "Sure." Uh, mm. So is is it the case that you no longer need our alliance? Uh, you know, do you need our food or our money or our wheat or our grain? Do you need that? So she's like, mm. uh, you know, your veiled threats won't work. What veil? Olena says, you know, <laughs> like I'm I'm threatening your ass. Um Mm-hmm. And Cersei informs Elena that the High Septon has called for a preliminary hearing to determine whether the charges against Loras have merit, and expresses confidence that Loras will be acquitted. But thereafter, we head to that hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the High Sparrow interrogates Loras first, who denies the accusations against him in their entirety. He then questions Marjorie, calls her to the stand, who also denies any knowledge of it. And everyone's like, oh, this is going pretty well. This looks like they might actually get away with it. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. But then the High Sparrow calls in Oliver. This is the last time we ever see Oliver. We never see Oliver again. Um, The High Sparrow. What's that? We killed him. I mean, he he just admitted to having relations with another man, you know? And I guess, I don't know if that's a punishable by death but they're not the nicest people no uh, i mean they went into a brothel and killed a couple of dudes who were fucking each other just um, like um oliver like working for Littlefinger. like is this a plant like was this mm. planned in any way i don't i don't think so like Littlefinger i don't think so either i think oliver anything. is protected i i think he cut a deal you know i think he's protecting himself um more than anything and uh okay i don't know you know whenever he comes out he was kind of like saying smiling. these things very yeah like he was he was enjoying it a little bit you yeah. know he's like can anyone um attest to this you know are there any witnesses he's like yeah yeah there is queen marjorie like i don't know he was like fuck you like i i get to i get a slam dunk on these people i don't know like yeah. he was enjoying it um, I don't know. That is, but that I, is yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think this was planned from the start. That's that's kind of insane. Yeah, um, Lord, you know, he's like, yeah, I was Loras' squire, um, and on our first day, he brought me back to his chambers, and we had intimate relations. And uh, the high mm-hmm. sparrow was like, "You fucked him," uh, and he's like, uh, "Yes, that's exactly what happened." Are there any witnesses who can attest to this? Uh, yeah, Marjorie walked in on us once. She didn't seem so surprised at all. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and to support his testimony, Oliver tells the High Sparrow of a birthmark on Loras's a higher upper thigh, shaped like Dorn, and the color of wine. And Loras stands up and tries to beat the shit out of him in this moment. Yeah, um, damn that 
fucking. I also sick. loved Cersei dropping in. These accusations are horrid. There's no way any of this can be true. This is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's just going perfectly, all according. You know, it, everything know. going her way. I mean, she had to have known that, like, Loras would have gotten arrested. Maybe she didn't tell the High Sparrow to, like, specifically go arrest him. But she was like, well, everyone knows. No, yeah, I mean, like, whenever she appointed him and armed the Faith Militant, she was like, there are those among us who are protected by wealth and, and all this who are sinners. And then it cuts to Loris getting arrested, you know, like, so, uh, she definitely yeah. got Loris arrested, you know, like, it's not, uh, yeah, yeah, this is just her way to get out of the marriage. Um, oh, yeah. And, and just another strike against, um, strike yeah, I think I more know. than I, anything, do you, I don't think they were going to get married anyway anymore. I think it's think just, uh, Marjorie was going to go down too. like, do you think like that was a cherry on top whenever he, whenever he goes, she yeah. saw us. She goes, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, like, she's like, uh, oh, my God. I thought we were just putting Loris away. I thought we were just getting the Tyrells real hurt. You know, we took away the heir to their whole thing. And now yeah. the queen's going away? Okay. Okay. Damn. Yeah. I'm the queen. What You know what? The it's like, well. The way she's like, Tommen. Tommen. Yeah. And Tommen's yeah. like, I'm not sorry, honey. Um, he's yeah can't can't do anything. He doesn't know kid. what to do. Yeah, he's that just kid weird. man. He's not he's not built for this. Mm-mm. Uh, he's just there. He's just there, yeah. man. This poor kid getting pulled in a thousand different directions. Ultimately, it'll just be like I don't know the gods, you know. Um, leave it to the gods. I don't yeah. know. I don't want to do this shit anymore. I'll just you guys take it over. He's. What does he do all day, every day? You know? Just, what does he do? He's walking around King's Landing, going up to random people and going, got any games? You know, that's a... (laughs) Yeah, probably it. Yeah, he's, he doesn't, I don't know. You guys ever play Candyland? (laughs) Oh, poor Tom. Who has an Xbox? Man, yeah. Well, how long is it until? Season 6, episode 9. He goes through this for another season and a half. Or season 6, episode 10. Is that when the step goes? Yeah. And then, and then he, he did, okay, that's right. Yeah, it's like one right after the other. He sees it happen, he's like, alright. Yeah, he's he's watching it burning and out his window yeah. and just jumps. Okay. Um, or falls, rather. Another season of that build-up. Man, that's crazy. Um... The, man, the High Septon really goes. Really fuck shit up. Yeah. Hey, man, that's nuts. He's he's on a rise, too. He's running. He runs King's Landing for the next season and a half. Yeah, that dude, whether he was, you know, scheming on his own, he really just get like was handed some great situations. Yep. Like, he was just right place, right time. Absolutely. Um, where the fuck did he come from, dude? Like, just popped up. Cersei man. thought she could take advantage of him. She couldn't. Mm-mm. Yeah. But wow. uh, we're then in Winterfell, uh-huh. wherein 
Sansa, my favorite character of the episode, is joined by Miranda in her room. Uh, she offers to help Sansa take a bath, so she is presentable to Ramsay during the wedding. And while she's washing Sansa's back, Miranda mentions three other girls whom Ramsay had been with, and how he ultimately victimized them after a while because they bored him. Uh, you know, being like, ah, uh, you know, she got pregnant. That's really boring. Um, she talked a lot. That's boring too. Um, can't have that. And seeing through her motives, Sansa goes, so how long have you been in love with Ramsey, Miranda? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, it's her. That's my character this week. Love you, Sansa. Yeah. Um, she got my performance. Oh, um, Sophie Turner was too fucking yeah, good to go in a very difficult situation. Yeah, had for to go sure. Quite the range of emotions. Um, this episode, because at first in this bath, she's like kind of worried. She's like, "Oh wait, the others. Like, what do you? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean others?" And then like she, she takes on like this strong kind of persona, having to be like, you know, how long have you been in love with them? Like, I, I am Sansa Stark. I'm in my home. Like, you, you can't, can't scare, scare me. me. Like, yeah. but then. Whenever she leaves the room, she's like, you know, she didn't really like having to do that. Or I don't know. She mm. like, she she's shaking, you moment. know, I think she yeah. realized that she's about to be in a terrible situation. And, and Miranda, even though her motives were corrupt, she mm-hmm. was telling her something she did need to know, which was that stuff's not going to be good soon. You know, yeah. um, I love the difference between like Cersei Whenever she slam dunks someone and is like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fucking Cersei Lannister. Yeah. You can't scare me." Whenever they leave, she's just like, "That's her normal. You know, that's just what she does. That's like right. it doesn't phase her at all." But like having having to say that, like Sansa having to say this to Miranda was like kind of like, "Oh man, I I, I don't know. Like I I'm not usually like that. I don't know. Like it, she had this moment like where I don't know, just this kind of reflection moment that it's really nice whenever they just leave the camera on someone." Um, no words are spoken, but just, yeah, facial acting. And I thought, I thought Sophie Turner did, did an incredible job and, and having to go through what she did. Um, oh no, I feel like, I feel like, uh, give her the nod, nod somewhere, but I feel like she, she definitely acted her ass off this, this episode with, I don't know, just every, every emotion, um, having to go through in these scenes. Mm. And was like Miranda like removing the dye from her hair? Like yeah, was that yeah. the the point of that, or like was it just um like yeah I don't I don't know like they kind of like called like brought some attention to it like ah oh, finally see the color in your hair again or something like yeah. that I don't know I, I was just wondering like like uh if there's something I'm missing or like if there's some I don't know. I don't yeah, think I don't there's think. any real significance to it besides Sansa returning to naturality and she's she's mm. home. She's going to wear mm-hmm. the red hair again. She's going to, you know, she doesn't need to hide anymore. She's Sansa Stark and she's uh, marrying, okay. you know, like uh, she only had the dye because she was hiding. And now mm-hmm. she's no longer That's hiding, true. you know. Um, That's true. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you missed anything by any means, but uh, – mm. Later on, when Reek comes to fetch Sansa for the wedding, he's like, uh, take my arm, my lady. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, please, please take my arm. Ramsey said you're to take my arm. Uh, and she's like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, he'll punish me. And she's like, I really don't give a fuck what he does to you. Okay. You think I um, care what the fuck he does to you? Like, <laughs> yep. Damn. Yep. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, then, in front of the godwood, Reek gives Sansa away to Ramsay. 
who actually allows Reek to call himself Theon during the ceremony. Uh, That's interesting. Um, I think it's just for officiality, like she kind of like has he has to be Theon because that's the significance that he holds to her. You know, she doesn't know him as Reek. And kind of the like Ramsey's doing it just so because it's so fucked up. Like he Mm -hmm. he wants people to know that the person that handed Sansa off was the person that killed her two younger brothers. You know, like. Because that's what's <clears throat> the public still like. Yeah, they, nobody they, knows besides the besides the high up Boltons. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think Sansa even knows yet. Yeah, you I know, like think, yeah, I think yeah. So Sansa, even regardless if she did know, <clears throat> still took over Winterfell. Like I think just doing that to Winterfell just in its own oh, yeah. right, like do, just doing what he, he did. killed. Uh, he killed the Master at Arms. You know, mm-hmm. he killed Royce. That's true. Yeah. Someone they grew up around and was always there. Uh, his people killed Lewin. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just a, there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of stuff there that she grew up around these people, and he ruined like he weakened Winterfell to the point where the Boltons had the opportunity to do this. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know. Uh, yeah, but regardless, the wedding is officiated by Roose Bolton and attended by many northern lords. And later, when they retreat to the bedroom, Ramsey, Ramsey first interrogates Sansa about her virginity. Then is like, uh, "Well, all right, this is gonna get bad. So let's get to it." Mm. Uh, annoyed by Sansa's hesitancy, Ramsey angrily rips open her dress, um, tells Reek to stick around, uh, stick around for the show, mm-hmm. and. Uh, trigger warning, Ramsey rapes her, uh, forcibly yeah. consummating the marriage. So, and wonderful. Even though, like, it is just an uncomfortable moment and everything, like, I still think it's handled better than, like, the Jamie and Cersei moment that happened. I would say, yeah. Um, was it episode two of this season, or was it last? Four. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, it was, that was probably four. last season. Um, like, they, they, at least they didn't, like, keep the camera on you know, like, what was going on. Like, it was just mainly on, on um, Alfie Beyond. Allen's face. Yeah. Um, just seeing seeing it. Um, so you really just, like, hear it, which is already uncomfortable enough. Like, that is, yeah. you know, it's whatever. Um, but at least they didn't, like, really need to show everything that happened, you know. Um, and yeah, I guess, like, um, I was trying to think of, because <clears throat> obviously what they're trying to do is just, portray the idea that Ramsey is a piece of shit. Like this like that that's that's the what they what you want to get out of this. And I was thinking of like what what's another way that he that this could be done, you know, not not doing this. Um and I don't know. I mean this is <clears throat> it's very sadly it's like very quick. You know, it's like okay, obviously yeah, now we're going to hate this dude. Like it's like yeah. it is it is a, a no like no gray area. Like, it's just like, yep, nope, this dude just sucks. Like, this dude yeah. fucking blows and he's evil. Um, but I was wondering if, I don't know, just a, a different way that it could have been done. Um, no, I think that as far as the, uh, portraying something that was absolutely heinous in the books yeah. and adapting it to a character we really care about with a character we really, really already despise. I don't think uh, like it's not something I want to watch. It's not something I want to see happen. But if there's mm. 
no other way to i mean like they got married they're gonna consummate their marriage that's true yeah ramsey's i don't think sansa's down you know like it's yeah yeah like ramsey is not gonna be like Tyrion. you know like ramsey's not gonna not gonna think twice about that so i guess like for the characters it, it does make sense it's not like it's not like they're just including this um because they wanted to in D and D, or just you know on their on their crazy shit or whatever. No, yeah, and I don't think Sansa's like. You could also make the argument that Sansa could like uh, claim her agency and like turn the tables on Ramsay and m- make it her action, not his action. But like, she's never had sex before. This is not something she wants to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just. Yeah. If if this is gonna happen, this is how it's gonna happen, and that's that fucking sucks. Um, one thing that I I think they handle this well. I don't think they handle how they reference it later on well. Hmm. You know, there's a how's it referenced? There's just a, there's just a few things later on where they kind of imply that this moment like gives her strength, and like she's strong because this happened. You know, like the stuff you've been through, it's made you who you are and it's made you strong. And it's like to a degree, but this is not why she's strong, you know, like. uh, Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, it's a complicated thing to handle. I get what they're trying to say. Yeah, I get what you're trying to say, but you're not. Don't say that at all. You know, just say you've been through shit and you've come out the other side. Yeah, she was strong before. She was strong before. Like, She's strong and, to survive any yeah, of it. Should, you know, like, it should have been said as like you were strong, like y- you've been through it and you came out the other side. So you you that shows how strong you are. You know, mm-hmm. instead of being like this made you strong. You know, this forged you um, into yeah. the person you are today. No, yeah, I don't think that's how that works. But um, I mean, like compared to other sexual assault scenes, even within the show. This is real. It's it's one of the ones you hate the Crazy most sentence. because it's the character you hate the most and a girl you that's so innocent and has been through hell and you're like ah yeah. oh, this is this is terrible to watch. Um, but like compared to like The Sopranos, they have a pretty graphic sexual assault scene in that show. That's like the absolute worst thing I've ever watched on screen. Like I will never watch that scene again. Anytime I watch The Sopranos, um. Hmm. Like Have to I the point where I'm yet? like, don't I'm know. Season, man, I still need to watch that show. Season five, I think maybe is the, I completed, maybe. I'm either on season five or completed season five, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I remember the name of the episode. Pretty sure it's called Employee of the Month. I can't remember if, I can't remember if it's season five. I, if that seems like it's ringing a bell. Um. It looks like I completed season five, by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, ah, it's season three, actually. It's halfway oh. through season three. Um, okay. If you don't remember it, you blocked it out. That's all. Wow, um, yeah. I, I don't remember it at all. That's good. Ooh, okay. It's bad. Um, hmm. But yeah, this... Yeah, spoiler, know, I think... spoiler for The Sopranos. If you haven't watched <laughs> The Sopranos, skip forward 30 seconds. It's uh, Dr. Melfi in the parking lot uh of the in the parking garage. Oh, 
like on the stairwell. Yeah. Like it's, it's really, it's really graphic. It's really bad. Um, but yeah, I, 30 seconds ticking away, but yeah. So like, uh, True. I do think that relatively compared to things like that and compared to like Cal Drogo and Danny's first interaction and compared to, you know, Jamie and Cersei, this is handled relatively well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It is a. <clears throat> just a it's just something thing. you don't. You never want to see, you know, like yeah. I, I think that they they victimized women so much on this show that it's just kind of hard to. Hard to look past and it's not a fun, not a, a fun kind time. of like back and forth. It's like. It is a fantasy show, so you don't have to do all that sort of thing. Right. But then you could also say that, like, you're, you're showing how bad it, it did used to be, like, you know, yeah. like sort of thing. And like. um. But yeah, it's I don't know. I think this is it definitely I mean, delivers. I think there's 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 certainly a way to handle it like in a different way. Like uh what if the what if we cut to after and she's just crying? That's what I was going to yeah. You know, like, like what what if we do not portray it as the, like portray any bit of this at all? And you just imply that it happened. You know, there's no real. I don't think you gain anything from this besides a raw emotionality that is hard to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah, I guess it could. Yeah, just popping in after. Like, just. Yep saying, like, they're going to go consummate the marriage, you just see Sansa be, like, very, very nervous walking into the room, and then, like, she, like... Yeah, and then him being, like, Reek, you stay, and then cut to after. You know, you don't need to... We don't need to... I don't don't need to hear the screams of a woman who is being sexually assaulted. You know? I I don't need to see it, and hearing it doesn't make it better. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't doesn't make it, like, oh, well, at least they handled it like this. It's, like, uh, it's also pretty bad. Um... Because, like, storytelling-wise, I completely get that there's not a lot, you're not getting around this in any way. It's not in character for Sansa to take on the agency and attack this situation with a with a vivacity that she hasn't portrayed, you know? Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think there there's definitely better ways to handle it. And even so, it's comparatively better handled than other things in the show. So it just kind of shows how poorly they've handled stuff like this in the past. Um, The good news is I don't think we have another one of these. That's good. I don't think there's another uh, sexual assault scene that we have to look out for. Um, Yeah, no, we just uh, eventually we'll get, you know, uh, this this guy dying. Uh, I can't wait to see this dude dying now. You know, that I don't know, that's that's like another a good thing to know that that's it's just a big coming. big plus, you know. You know, some just Quentin Tarantino dogs, type though, shit. I don't know. Like, I I feel like uh, could have been worse for him. Um, could have been flayed. Could have been um something. I don't know. He I don't know. You get the dogs, you get the little right? drop in from Miranda in this one where it's like, you ever seen what happens to a person when they let the dogs at them? That's true. 
You know, you know, like, uh, have you seen, that, have you, you seen know what? what that does? You know what? That you don't die quick. Any way to go. Yeah. That would suck. Now thinking about like what, what would just happen? Like, I feel like he should have been tortured, like tortured, turned into like, right. a reek. you know, have him call himself that. reek. I could see like, that. Yeah. And then, and then kill him. No, I think that, like, if that's how Theon, if Theon had the chance to do something, that's how it would have been handled. But it was Sansa. And Sansa's eh, like... Honestly, he's just too dangerous to be kept alive. Yeah, just all. kill this motherfucker, man. He just needs uh, to be gone. Yeah. Yeah, he just so I think, they, I think they handle that correctly later on. But, uh, and it's even more fulfilling that Sansa gets to do it. Um, <laughs> sick the well, dogs on him. Yeah, still no hord- Hodors. Does this little 10-year-old girl count? Um... Did Arya kill this ten-year-old girl, or did the the death kill this ten-year-old girl? You know, uh, she's not someone else yet. If Arya hadn't walked it. over there, who's to say that this happens? This season has been very dry on the Hodor counter and the Arya kill list. Um, oh yeah, I mean Hodor is not in this season. Yeah, zero. So. We have zero Hodors this entire season. The only thing I have on the Arya kill list is a pigeon in episode two, where she just. Just slice it, you know, a, 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 ni- a nice little slice, um, and has has a meal. And that's yeah. it. That's all we got so far. So I, mean, I don't even know if I want to add a ten year old girl though. Yeah, like, do I want to? Yeah, add no, I don't think you need to add Gita. Think that uh, she was gonna die no matter what. Yeah. Um, this is more you just know, like a, either Jockin or the Waif was gonna come over and do that. Mm-hmm. I think I think we count it if she is changing the trajectory of someone's life by cutting it short. You know, yeah. um, yeah, this was this true. There's I, an inevitability I, to this that if she doesn't do it, someone else is going to. And. Yeah, so no, I would not count Gita. That pigeon, though, counts, you know, that pigeon yeah. planned on flying away that day. Yeah, was not got hit with a smooth, just clean strike from needle. <laughs> yep. Um, that yep. was nice. But OK, yeah, I I feel better about not including um, Gita. Yeah. So, Let's so give this bad boy a rating. This is IMDb wise the second lowest rated episode of the entire show. It is. Yeah. What's the other? Season oh, eight, episode long... four. The after the long night. What's that? What happens? Uh, it's when they start to go to King's Landing, and one of the dragons gets killed over the water, and Masande dies, and. It's it's just the biggest culprit. Because for the first three episodes of season eight, if you'll recall, nobody was really mad at season eight yet. It was just kind of like, this is interesting. You know, it's a six episode season. It's going a little slow. Um, and that's what's funny, too, is that at the beginning of season eight, you're not really accusing it of going too fast. Yeah. That's but true. then episode four comes around and it's like. Thum, 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 like we are zooming through shit to develop the story. And I think that like. Hmm. Off the top of my head, yeah, critically, it probably is the worst episode of the show. But uh, yeah, this is I, I guess right there. I mean, like if I take out the last scene, pretty like, enjoyable. Episode. That's I the other thing is it's an enjoyable episode, but it's also not like a. I I don't think even without it, it'd be by any means my favorite episode of the season or anything. You no, know, like it's just no. uh, yeah, we were on this constant or like very steady rise. Every episode mm-hmm. this season, and yeah, this this definitely doesn't feel like the next step up from a nine seven five. No, um, yeah. In I, fact, I, I don't think I would I would come close I to giving this a nine. Either. Yeah, I don't um, think so. The first two episodes, uh, the 
episode one we gave an eight five, and then episode two we gave an eight seven five. I mean, I think I would give this my least favorite episode of the season. Um, what do we give season four, episode three? Eight two five. I say we give this an eight. I think I liked this even less. I think that there's a. Uh, I think that the other stuff that happens in season four, episode three kind of outweighs the other stuff that happened in this episode. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Like these, the conversations and stuff were cool, but there, there wasn't really anything that really. No, no I mean, yeah, like yeah, I no, enjoyed no, it. No I enjoy like, cause I enjoy it. Like I enjoy game of Thrones. It was a good, it was a solid episode of Thrones. It's just, uh, you, you add in a, a violent, sexual assault at the end and it's going to affect my enjoyment of the episode you know it's That'll just do the it. way things go that will do it uh, okay so an eight there is that what we were yeah like? okay i agree and that's crazy what? that like eight's like the lower bar <laughs> yeah like, right it's like the lower end of i think that might be the lowest i think we've given we... seven seven fives oh, okay. a seven lord snow season one episode three yeah, that's back when we were trying to not be, you know, we've gotten into the flow of things. That would probably not be a seven now if we went back and watched it. You know, we'd probably be like, ah, oh, the scale now, that would probably be like an eight five. We've given you know? eight, episode five of season four. First of his name, uh, we gave an eight. Um what happened hmm. there? Episode five of season four, first of his name, Tommen. Yeah, his. Uh, I think that was the one where he gets coronated, and we were like, that could have been, could have been cooler. Um, that was very fast. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe we take this one down a notch. You know, now that we're talking about it, maybe we just get a little harsh. Maybe we just get a little harsh on this one. Go down to the sevens. Let's see. First, I can of see it being name. a seven seven five. I could punish it pretty badly for the end there. I don't like it by any means. It's not a scene I want to watch. In fact, yeah. I watched it sped oh. up. Okay. Yeah. This eight. There's actually some pretty good, pretty good scenes in this. Ooh. Okay. Wait a minute. Yeah. This we get. Daenerys makes her decision to stay and rule in Marine. That's okay. Uh, Tommen's crowned the High King. Podrick riding with Brienne and like this long tree, um, long tree mm, yeah. thing. That was that was really nice. Um, we also get uh, Craster's keep burning down. Uh, we get um, we get that at the Night's Watch beyond the wall. We get all that at the very end. Ooh, uh, yeah. Then so I'm going know. seven five I, seven yeah. two five. I think um, I think seven five. I think is where I'm at because like even though nothing really happened of of grand importance, like, yeah, it, it like Cersei and and Littlefinger their back and forth was amazing. Yeah, Jorah and Tyrion were really good to watch. Um, yeah, like no, like, there's there's a lot to like, and I think that you know punishing it for that ending is fair. So I think that you can seven five is good. Okay, there we go. Well. Um, now critically, I guess like at performances, I, I don't know. It, it did kind of feel like people were on another level this episode. Like Maisie Williams really did step into her own. Mm -hmm. uh, Ian Glenn 
we were talking about uh, Cersei or Lena Headey always just doing Lena Headey things. Um, I don't know. I think it was pretty good. But, like, nothing, I don't know, nothing really meaningful felt, like, story-wise, like, felt like... No, yeah, I thought it was a good-looking episode. I gotta give it credit Mm -hmm. for that. Like, it was a pretty episode. I thought that the stuff in the House of Black and White was gorgeous to look at. Even the wedding ceremony for Sansa was very, very pretty. That's true. Um, Again, Jorah and Tyrion being photographed on the water over in Essos was very, very good-looking. Um... I love the way that the, that like, room that the, like, Cersei of the hands in the wedding is that like not a thing? Is that like is this, do the Boltons just do it differently like in their wedding ceremonies, or did we just not see that part happen? Yeah, um, I don't know. But I don't know. I just it's like a I feel like that's just like the Game of Thrones. I don't know. But the you're right. That was a very pretty anything at the Godswood. There's a good chance that they I, that's a religious ceremony. And doing it out of the uh, godswood is not the same as doing it in the light of the seven. Um, okay, because that's the old gods, not the new gods. So maybe it's maybe there is a little bit of something different. Um, okay, I love the way the room that Cersei and Littlefinger talk in is photographed. You know, I love mm. the little lion on the wall that they always go to and show in full view. I think that's that's mm. always pretty. Um. So I think it's a good looking episode. I think it's relative. I think it's pretty well written. I think Brian Cogman does a really good job with the dialogue in this scene oh, or in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty strong. I don't think it's anything that's like jaw droppingly like, oh my god, that was so fucking good. But it's a it's a solid episode of Thrones. You know, uh, what did we give last episode? Nine five. I would probably go eight seven five based off that. That was episode four, um, and episode one, uh, as well. We we gave eight seven yeah. fives this season. Yeah, it kind of kind of feels 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 right. Um, sort of on the same level as as what we've got. Yeah, it's it's not bad. You know, it's not not poorly made. People are acting no, their asses off, and uh, I don't know. Could have just could have used some more. Um, I don't know what it could have could have used like what moment they could have inserted in here um yeah no i mean like i think I they we did didn't get any daenerys uh we didn't get any daenerys we didn't get any john um that's pretty big um to not get both of them in a, in an episode yeah this is our lowest rated episode in over 10 episodes you know uh, first eight, of his name eight, was a 73 eight. where this comes to an 83 Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, not not terrible, but but could have used could have a little better. more. Um, it's certainly in the lower tier of our episodes. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a uh, bottom ten so far of the forty six now. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, pretty pretty solid. Could have been better, but. With that, we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming, and we will not be back for a couple weeks on Winter is Blooming as the Wes Anderson shorts come out this week, and we got a couple of them covered on Friday and a couple more of them covered next Monday, so I'm looking forward to that. But we will be back for Winter is Blooming Season 5, Episode 7, in two weeks' time, a couple Mondays from now, and I cannot wait for that. 
we're getting to the the hot part of the season. You know, season the, the end of this one is strong. Um, very very excited. Head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. Uh, we are semi-regularly talking Ahsoka on uh, on that over there, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, for $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to continue downloading episodes. Been on a slow streak of a couple of days, nothing nothing too crazy, but, uh, you know, bring it back. Bring it back for me, you know? Give me give me a few more downloads. I love that shit. Um, let's see. Remember to stand in solidarity with SAG-AFTRA. As the WGA strikes have been resolved, which is wonderful, but the fight is not over. Uh, the actor, the actors need to get paid, and they need to be able to protect their likeness. And uh, these studios, you know, as I think the WGA signing uh, agree, finally agreeing to a deal that they feel very confident in and prideful of, is uh, is a good sign. I think that uh, you know the studios are probably going to wait a few more. Maybe a couple months before they give SAG after a deal, uh, because they're hoping that they'll they'll wait them out. That the actors will be, you know, less stringent than the writers were, and I'm hoping that's not the case. I think that the actors should hold out for what they deserve. Uh, so SAG after strong, stick up for them. Uh, now, with that, remember to return this Wednesday for our top 100 final part the top 10 and uh like i said wes anderson this friday and then we kick off the martin scorsese director spotlight next week oh. already feels like it snuck up on us really really fast and i'm very excited for that uh all in anticipation of killers of the flower moon and i cannot wait for a three and a half hour movie theater experience on that one um gonna be wild but uh yeah, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And the dwarf lives until we find a cock merchant. <laughs>